I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. We want change! We want change! We want change! They want to throw the bums out. Sounds like Washington. But these demonstrators calling for change today were in Islamabad, Pakistan. This was the third day in a row that protesters took to the streets of Islamabad to demand the resignation of the Pakistani government. They accuse the government of being corrupt, and they want an interim government to take over while a new election is organized. The protesters are followers of a Muslim cleric named Tahir al-Qadri. It's the beginning of a revolution, of reforms, of an end to vote rigging, which will bring transparency, accountability, and eligibility of the candidates. This should be done now, not after the election. Tahir al-Qadri is frequently described in the press as a firebrand cleric, but that phrase doesn't convey what an unusual figure Qadri is. Shamila Chowdhury is senior South Asia fellow at the New America Foundation and has been following Qadri's movements. Tell us, first of all, Shamila, who Tahir al-Qadri is and why he is such an unconventional politician in Pakistani terms. Well, Qadri uh, was a politician in the 80s in Pakistan, and he left politics in protest of the rampant corruption and bad governance that plagued it and uh, moved to Canada and became a Canadian citizen. Um, But at the same time, he had started uh, a large religious organization in Pakistan, which is um, rumored to have thousands of schools and a large following. Um, And so he's been maintaining this organization from Canada. Um, He himself is uh, fairly conservative, but not provocative and not very closely aligned with the jihadist mentality that we see um, strong in Pakistan right now. Um, He himself is uh, fairly educated, um, is a constitutional law professor, has studied American and British law. So this is someone who's extremely knowledgeable about the world and is trying to mesh uh, modern values um, in business and financial affairs with conservative Islam. Um, He's not just appealing to this kind of radical, um, small, kind of 2% groups and individuals who who kind of align themselves with more conservative militant organizations. Mm. I mean, just an example, a couple of examples of how unconventional uh, Qadri is. I mean, he preaches a progressive form of Islam embracing women's rights. He's uh, written a long, detailed fatwa condemning terrorism as un-Islamic. He's even gone on a peace tour with uh, people from uh, arch-rival, arch-enemy India. So how compatible are these things with conservative Islam? I think it's extremely compatible. I mean, I don't, I don't think that, that that that's not the confusion that's affecting the situation right now. The confusion is actually why has he arrived right now at this moment and why is he calling for regime change? If he in fact is pro-democracy like he says and wants legitimate democratic change in Pakistan, he you know, he should let the government finish its term. And it's a, a very historic moment um, for civilian leadership in Pakistan. If the PPP can finish its term, it will be the first ever government in Pakistan's history to be uninterrupted by uh, military rule or extra constitutional measures to, to get rid of it. And so I, I actually question his, his motives um, and his agenda. Um, if, in fact, he's uh, pro-democracy, um, this government needs to finish its term. So all the political actors and stakeholders can understand what it means to have a peaceful transfer of power. Um, And he's just coming in and interrupting that entire process. I was going to ask you, how popular is Qadri? I mean, is there a chance he could make a difference? um, I think that we're already seeing that his march has 
generated a fair bit of momentum to make a difference. Um, you, so, and then you have, I think, some some parts of the political establishment with, amongst the political parties who are also curious about this and they're waiting to see what what comes of this. What, what I think is actually going to happen is that the government is likely to respond to some of this pressure. It's pretty significant. And the images of people, you know, spending the night in the streets, and there have been reports of unprecedented numbers of women and children in the streets protesting. I mean, these are pretty significant. And uh, I don't think that the government wants the international media to focus on these too much. As to those protests uh, where there are women and children out in the streets, uh, the protests that Qadri is leading, what do you make of the fact that we're seeing a different side of Pakistan, a different demographic out protesting? I think it was inevitable that we were going to see this in Pakistan for you know for at least a decade now. The the international media has overwhelmingly focused on the counterterrorism problem in Pakistan, which is a very real issue. But it's been at the expense of kind of these uh, democratic forces and the evolution that's been happening in the country, and it's been independent of the counterterrorism issue and of the United States and of the war in Afghanistan. And I think what we're seeing in the streets you know, this month means that there are actually ordinary Pakistanis that are also eager for change, and they want to see their country move forward, um, and they're sick and tired of status quo politics. Well, Shamila Chowdhury with the New America Foundation, thanks so much for telling us about Tahir Al-Qadri. Appreciate it. Thank you.